the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The beast, the false prophet, and the dragon will be captured on the last day at the second coming. Satan will be captured. They will be destroyed at the second coming. But Satan will be destroyed a thousand years later. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be here in just a moment with today's message. You know, here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is here now to take your prayer request. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the conclusion of the beast, the false prophet, and the dragon on the last day. Don't forget that if you missed the first portion of this broadcast, it is available for you at any time at reachingyourheart.com in its entirety without interruption. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway with the conclusion to our broadcast today. Here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. And the Antichrist beast that is Rome, that arose out of the sea, that symbolizes the nations of Europe at war, a church-state system that desires to rule the world, there is a forerunner at the time of the end, a global superpower that brings the world back to the beast. The lamb-like beast, as you look in Revelation 13, is a Christian kingdom that arises at the time of the end, that exercises all the authority of the medieval church-state beast of Revelation 13. And that lamb-like beast, the Bible is very clear in Revelation 13. It brings fire down from heaven like Elijah did on Mount Carmel. Now, why did Elijah do that? You see, the nation had drifted into paganism. The nation had lost its moral alertness. The nation had become immoral, off the charts. And so Elijah felt the need to call that nation back to God. Elijah's name means, my God is the Lord. And so he built an altar, and there the servants of Baal built an altar. And the contest was a contest by fire. Whoever brings fire down from heaven, their God is the true God. And so the prophets of Baal danced around the altar of Baal. They were cutting themselves. Then finally the prophet of God kneels before his altar and prays to God that he would demonstrate that he is God to save the nation from moral decline. And fire came down from heaven and burned up his altar, burned the ground around it, took all the water away and licked it away. And that day they knew because of the fire that the Lord is God. You see, at the end of time, the lamb-like beast, because of the decline of the morality in this nation, the lamb-like beast will call spiritual fire from the wrong place to bring this nation back to God. But it will not bring the nation back to God, according to Revelation 13. It will bring the nation to the beast power, because this power is the forerunner of the beast, Antichrist. As John decreased so Jesus could increase, the lamb-like beast, that is the false prophet, will decrease in order that a world kingdom order might increase at the time of the end. John the Baptist was the prophet for the Messiah, and John died just before Jesus died. The lamb-like beast in Revelation 13 is the prophet for the beast, and just like John, the lamb-like beast will die with the beast at the time of the end. 
John came in the spirit and power of Elijah to call fire down from heaven. The lamb-like beast brings fire down from heaven. Look at Revelation 13, verse 15. And it was allowed to give breath, which is the Greek word spirit, to the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast should even speak. And to cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be what? What does your text say? Cause them to be killed. I mean, if you think the mark of the beast issue is some fanciful idea of what might happen or something we say to keep ourselves alert, you're missing the point. Friends, the final test is a life and death test on planet Earth. Our very lives will be put at risk, and some and yea, many will die in the mark of the beast issue. When I look at something like this, I ask myself the question, if I'm going to be called to a test that means life and death, shouldn't I be living for Jesus right now? Shouldn't my life be ordered around the Word of God right now? Shouldn't it be right with God right now? And so Christians will die in the future test, but I ask you the question, are you living for God before that test? Some people say, well, how can I ever make it through the end? You can't. You don't have what it takes to make it through the end. But if you have Jesus, he will get you through the end. So the beast is at war with God's people who follow the Bible because the dragon is the beast's father who has always been at war with God's people who follow the Bible. And the Antichrist beast will have a kingdom power that is the false prophet. Look at Revelation twelve seventeen. The dragon was enraged with the woman who went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Friends, those who get the victory of the beast and the false prophet, that is a fake Christian lamb-like beast, they will keep the commandments of God. They will love Jesus because Jesus was wounded at the cross for them. You cannot follow Jesus and the world at the same time. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? You can't follow Jesus and the world at the same time. Do you have a Bible in your hand? Take it out. Take it out. Hold that book in your hand. Do you realize what you're holding is the greatest treasure that you can have outside of the personal presence of Christ? It comes to you through this book. The Bible is not some book that doesn't matter in our personal life. The Bible is the Word of God, and the Bible bears witness to who Jesus is. And the dragon hates the Bible. He hates the people of the Bible. If you don't have the Bible, friend, do you realize in a sense you really don't have Jesus? Because the Jesus you experienced in your life comes through this holy, sacred book, the Bible. Bible-believing Christians will overcome the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet at the time of the end. Nothing less than that. People enamored with this book. People who are putting their life energy to understand it. People who get here early to study it on a Sabbath morning. People who relish prayer meeting, vespers, anything that can bring them closer to the Word of God and to each other in prayer and Bible commitment. Unbelieving and worldly people who have no time for the Bible will worship the beast that rises on Sunday, and they will bow down to the image of the beast as they receive the mark of the beast. They will not follow Christ, but Antichrist. So you see, the Bible has a lot to do with this sacred struggle at the time of the end. Revelation 14, 12, here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. We find the commandments of God in our Bible. Revelation 19, 9, the angel said to me, write this. You know, write something down for God's people. Put it in that book. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, what does the text say? These are the, are the true words of God. You know, I don't have time to debate whether the Bible is the Word of God or not. The Bible declares that it's the Word of God. 
We need nothing less than the authority of God's word in our lives at the time of the end. God's church at the time of the end will have two witnesses, the Old and New Testaments. The beast power will make war on the Old and New Testaments. The world will be enamored with the things of men, the philosophy and ideas of others. But God's people will be enamored with Jesus, the word of God, and that which gives them life. They will not have some half-baked theory of inspiration that ignores the power of God to control the words of God in the Bible. They will believe the Bible is trustworthy and true. Friend, the Bible you hold in your hand was arranged by the power of God providentially to be perfect for the last days. You cannot improve upon the Bible. The world will follow the beast that attacks the Bible, and God's people will follow Jesus because they love and cherish the Bible. I ask you the question, how many of you want to be saved at the time of the end? You want to be saved? You can put both hands up. Put them both up. That means you really want to be saved. You know, the reason I ask you to raise your hands is because we often will say something, but when we act upon it, it does something inside. I'm going to ask you again, how many of you want to really be saved? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, Are you serious? Are you serious? You're serious. Okay. Put your hands down. How many of you are real serious? Put one hand up high. Okay. I take that as honesty. Now, you want me to answer that question? Can I do it? All right, here it is. Come to prayer meeting and study the Bible. You weren't expecting that answer, were you? Come to prayer meeting and study the Bible. Forget the fancy programs and this and that. Come to prayer meeting and study the Bible. Now, we have at Reaching Hearts a gifted Bible scholar who is leading out in prayer meeting. We have gone through 1 Corinthians 13 and learned deep things about the love of God I have never heard in my life. I am fed in prayer meeting. Now, if you can't come to prayer meeting because you work, that's understandable. But if you don't come to prayer meeting because you're lazy, it's not understandable. I'm talking direct to you. How many of you want to be saved? Raise your hand again. Well, come to prayer meeting. All right? I'm serious. Come to prayer meeting. Here's number two. Here's a second answer to this. Want to be saved? Join a small group fellowship that studies the Bible at other times as well. How many of you have been in a small group Bible study here at Reaching Hearts? Okay. I'm saying you get one or two friends together. You get into the Bible with them, and your spiritual life starts getting online. Pastor Mike, come on, I have a busy life. Don't give me this stuff about studying the Bible. You asked me how you can be saved. That's how you can be saved. Get into the Gospels in your home or at work. Now I'm going to give you one more idea here. How many of you come to Vespers on Friday night? Now we don't have some guest speaker who comes in and talks about something that makes no difference to us here. We have people who come to Vespers Now, I finished my sermon at that time. It's the one event I cannot attend, but my wife attends it, and there are others who attended here. We had 25 people in Vespers Friday, and there was singing, and there was study of what book of the Bible? Tell me. Gospel of John. That's huge. You know, if you do those three things, watch your spiritual life come online. Vespers is a huge opportunity for all of us to reach out to our friends and neighbors, to bring them into a fellowship that's Bible-centered. God's people at the time of the end will not be in the shallow stuff that distracts from the Bible. They will become deep students of the Bible. They will study the whole Bible, including the books of Daniel and Revelation. The true church will be true to God's Word. 
Now, I'm going to confess to you something that's bothering me today in the Christian world. It's bothering me that many people get their Christian experience from feeling-based ministries. Are you with me? You're silent out there. Well, they do. Well, if we could just get the right concert at our church, then our church would be better. Or they say, well, you know, if we could just have this personal feeling, this group dynamic will be better. You know what will heal the church is the Word of God. God's Word in the life, God's Word studied in prayer and fellowship and evangelism is what the Holy Church of God needs. And so God's church at the time of the end will be true to the Bible. Look at John 17, 17. I want you to look at this. The Bible says, sanctify them in the truth. How many of you want to be holy and perfect at the time of the end? Raise your hand. I'd like to be blameless and without spot or wrinkle. Here's what the Bible says. Sanctify them. That means make them holy in the truth. Thy word is truth. We must have the Bible. You can try all you like to get right with God. No religious experience based on feeling will work for you unless you pray and study the Bible. Shallow Christians at the time of the end who do not know their Bible will follow the beast power. God's word is that mighty influence for the church that the Holy Spirit works to to make us holy at the time of the end. His word is truth and the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet at the end will make war on the Bible because God has allowed this power for a time to make war on his people. But on the last day, Jesus will come. He will save his people who follow the Bible and who thus follow the Lamb. So when we follow the Bible's teachings, we are really following the Lamb of God. In Revelation 19, Jesus comes on a white horse like a Roman general that conquers the world. He is the Word of God in Revelation 19. He has a sword in his mouth because he is the source of the sword of the Spirit. He has a robe dipped in blood because Jesus was wounded at the cross and his blood was shed for us. He overcomes by his blood. And so we learn in Revelation 19 that it's not just the Word, but as Revelation 12 says, they overcame the dragon by the Word of their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. We need the Gospel and the Word together to have strength in the last days. In Genesis 3.15, God told Adam and Eve that the serpent would wound the Messiah's heel at the cross, but the Messiah, as the seed, would crush the serpent's head. You remember that promise? A serpent has how many fangs? I'm asking you. Two. Now think about the cross now. The Romans, under the power of Satan, the serpent kingdom, drove two sharp nails into Jesus' feet because the serpent wounded the Messiah's heel at the cross with his fangs in direct fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. We should never forget the Bible interacts with the Bible. And so Christ has a robe dipped in blood as he shed his blood as the serpent's fangs pierced his feet for us. He became by his moral victory king of kings and lord of lords. He became the moral leader of the universe. So the beast is Antichrist, a religio-political kingdom that arises out of Rome at the time of the end. But the beast is not Jesus Christ. And so that in time power will try to manipulate the world away from Jesus. So what will Jesus do? Christ is coming as general on that horse to capture the beast, the false prophet, and to basically bring them to their final end. So the two powerful beasts at the time of the end that will not obey God's word will be destroyed because there is no future with God without Jesus and the Word of God. Dear heart, 
I say this to you. You may be a minority in the Christian church, or you may be a minority in your family. You may feel isolated because of your commitments to Jesus. But do you realize that if you gather for prayer and study of God's Word, that you are considered the very people of God by God in Christ? That that's what really matters here? It's easy to drive away from prayer meeting and vespers instead of sitting down and fellowshipping with God's people. But I tell you right now, based on the authority of God's Word, that Jesus is coming for people who attend prayer meeting. He's coming for people who show up to places like Vespers to study the Word and pray. He's coming for people who can't stay away from the church because they know the life of God is in the church. There is no time in this world to compromise with the Bible by letting the world slip into your life. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Are you tempted by the stuff in the media? How many of you are? Some of you are? Okay. We all are. You know, the bulwark against this is our time in the Word of God with each other. It is in that time that we are strengthened to have holy lives. So there's no time in this world to compromise with the Bible by letting the world slip in. If you have a shallow interaction with the Bible and you're weak, then you still have time to get it right. God hasn't come yet. The end is not erupted on you. You have time to order your life. You can learn the Bible. You can learn to share it. And you will be saved if you hold it tight and you let God sanctify you through the truth that is in the Word. In Canada... There are strict controls on clear Bible preaching. If I were to preach what I'm preaching right now on the radio in Canada, they would shut me down. But the Church of Satan has a full freedom to conduct a public black mass in the name of Lucifer in Canada. No problem. Something's wrong there, right? See, the world kingdom beast order doesn't care about God's word, but it allows Satan to have freedom. The popular secular world order cannot tolerate Christian expression in the public square, and yet it has no trouble letting the advocates of Lucifer speak openly to the masses. Friend, Jesus is coming to capture the beast and the false prophet and to deal with the dragon and to put him in chains for a thousand years. He's coming to deal with this final end-time order and to deal with Christian America. That's a fake form of Christianity. It's a lamb-like beast at the time of the end that does not follow God's kingdom. Our nation, according to Scripture, will morph from a kingdom with Christian principles in its constitution. It will morph into a lamb-like beast. And he's coming finally to defang Satan, to take those fangs away so that evil will never inject its poison in another person. Revelation 19, verse 19 And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who sits upon the horse and against his army. You see, when the devil is throwing darts at you in your life, when it looks like you're in trouble, when it looks like you can't stand because when you stand up for Christ, you get stuff hurled at you, 
Friend, it's not really you that the devil's trying to get at. He's trying to get at Jesus through you. And so when you stand with Jesus, it doesn't matter if you stand with anyone else. You are considered that vital minority that is a majority with God. In Revelation 16, 14 to 16, the event is the battle of Armageddon when Jesus Christ will come to fight against these powers. At Waterloo, Napoleon was captured. Look at verse 20. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who in its presence had worked the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. The beast is the Antichrist, world kingdom order that hates the Bible. It is a church-state fusion that was created in the Middle Ages that is resurrected at the time of the end. Sunday, the day of Jesus' resurrection, becomes the day of the beast's resurrection from the sea. The mark of the beast is wrapped around the misuse of Sunday. The beast was the dominant Christian power of the Middle Ages. It lost that power in the French Revolution. It received a deadly wound. It will arise at the time of the end. Nationalism will surrender to the power of a global religio-political union that occurs. The lamb-like beast, friends, is a superpower, not the beast. It is the prophet of the beast. It is the power that is the forerunner of this beast. And our country, the United States of America, that was founded on Christian lamb-like principles that arose at the time of the end out of the earth and not the sea of nations, that has no crowns on its horns, is a lamb-like kingdom of peace and prosperity that's founded on the ideas of Judaism and Christianity embedded in the Bible. And our Christian constitution has given us liberty for over 200 years. But the day will come, according to the book of Revelation, when our blessed country, the United States of America, will speak like a dragon. It will move from its lamb-like phase to its dragon phase. It will repudiate every principle of Christian freedom embedded in its constitution. The lamb-like beast will eventually speak like the dragon. There's only one place in the book of Revelation where the dragon speaks. He speaks to persecute God's people in Revelation 12. He accuses the brethren. And so Christian America will one day make war on those people who follow the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus. So when you align with the Bible, you're really in a troubled state without Jesus because the whole world will one day come after you. But what happens here? Jesus will come as a Roman general on his horse, here pictured in Revelation 19. He will capture the beast. He will capture the false prophet. And at the second coming, they will be destroyed by the fire and glory of his return. In the end, Jesus wins. The beast and the lamb-like beast, they do not win. So what happens to those who follow the beast and the false prophet? Look at verse 21, Revelation 19. And the rest were slain by the sword of him who sits upon the horse, the sword that issues from his mouth, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. What happens to Satan, the third member of this false trinity, the dragon? What happens to him? Look at verse 1 of Revelation 20. Next verse. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding his hand the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil and Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. When Jesus comes back, he's going to bind the devil, throw him in prison for a millennium, the great millennium. And then he will return with his people at the end of the millennium in the holy city that comes down from God. And then Satan will be loosed and he will destroy Satan and all his followers. And this world will become freedom place forever and ever. So the beast, the false prophet, and the dragon will be captured. 
on the last day at the second coming. Satan will be captured. They will be destroyed at the second coming. But Satan will be destroyed a thousand years later. Friend, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. At the cross, our sins laid heavy on him. You see, he's not out to just capture the beast power at the time of the end. Christ wants to capture those who follow the beast and save them and put them in his home. And so never forget that when Jesus comes, he will not be on some arbitrary mission to capture and destroy the world kingdom order. No, he has spent centuries trying to capture every human heart and save them, and he was wounded. Friends, never forget that it was wounded hands that has reached out to capture you and bring you closer to God. Frederick the Great said, every man has a wild beast within him. And the Bible shows us the way and the truth and the life that Jesus was wounded at the cross to capture our hearts with love and give us a home with God for all eternity. On the last day, in the glory of Christ, we will know forever and ever with certainty that wounded hands captured our hearts at the cross of Calvary. And home is God. Home is Jesus forever and ever. God bless you. Well, there you have it, the conclusion to The Beast, the False Prophet, and the Dragon on the Last Day. You can find this entire message online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. If you missed any portion, you can review it there. And thank you so much for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished that you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's last altar call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy. It's yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for listening. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. 855-888-4673 is the telephone number to call. 855-888-4673, 855-888-4673. Or reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we do pray that God is reaching your heart.